Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome back to the Be Unbound podcast. I am your host, David Rethemeyer, joined as always by my co-host, Abraham Chen. This is an episode of Conversations, where we are joined by some special guests who bring a unique perspective into our, some of our Unbound topics. Abe, I am very excited to be joined by some people who are, I think, members of the Unbound family around here at this point. Tell us a little bit about Mr. and Mrs. Elliott. 100%. I, I love how you brought up the Unbound family, the extended community. Um, well, David, have you ever been in the light of a burning Christmas tree? Um. Uh, I no, no, I tend to try to make sure that all of the Christmas trees that I am around are not on fire. I feel like that would be a safety hazard. Uh, wh why do you ask? Yes, uh, once again, I, I love I'm, we're keeping these right genuine reactions from David. This is one of the first memories I've had with Mr. and Mrs. Elliot. We had I had the huge privilege to be uh, at their house um, filming actually way earlier this year and <laughs> they had their christmas tree lying around they have a tradition of burning it massive flame shooting way high into the sky and wow. it was around this fire and before that that they got to tell me and the other staff members there a lot of the stories of their time as missionaries in haiti a lot of their just lessons that they've learned doing all sorts of things being able to work together as a couple in photography and once again You'll hear this in the episode with Mr. Elliot. He is amazingly talented, does so many different things. So, yeah, hopefully this is a little glimpse of all the stories that we got to hear that day and some of the continuation as well. Yeah, well, I can't promise that there will be any burning Christmas trees this episode, <laughs> but I think that I am pretty safe in promising an excellent conversation with some really, really cool people. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy the episode. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Elliot, welcome to the show. Very glad that you are on joining uh, us to really talk about a lot of the things you guys do. We've been blessed and privileged to talk to a lot of the speakers this year at uh, Apex. Um, but this is our first time talking to someone who is a little bit more behind the scenes in many different ways. You were able to help with the camp as well as uh, take pictures, as well as just be a parent at Apex and have that uh, perspective. So very, very excited to dive into what you guys do and some of your perspectives on all this. So let's start with this. Tell us a little bit about your ministry. You guys were missionaries in Haiti for several years, and you guys continue your photography business here in the States. So tell us about that. Yeah, well, we started, uh, Haiti began, Gary had first gone to uh, Mexico on a mission trip and uh, came back and was really kind of uh, had her heart broken for missions and was it was all she could talk about. Um, and, and I didn't really understand that. And so I, uh, we were kind of on different pages for a good while. And I, uh, was praying about it in my devotions one day and, uh, told the Lord that that was really a problem that we were on different pages about missions because I just, just distinctly remember her telling her, uh, you do not have to cross an ocean or a border. Um, if you want to 
be on mission. I said, the next door neighbor doesn't know Jesus. Go make her some spaghetti. And uh, I just didn't get it. And so I was having a devotion and praying and just talking to God about that and asking him, you know, what do I got to do to get on the same page? I'll do whatever. We got to be on the same page. And literally got finished praying and a missionary <laughs> called me and asked me if I would go to Haiti for to photograph uh, children uh, for their uh, education. And I just said, yeah, sure. I didn't even need to. And she just was, oh, great. That's awesome. And I got off the phone and uh, our studio was built. Our home, our studio was built with our home attached. So I literally got off the phone, got out of my chair, walked into our house and said, well, I'm going to Haiti. And Carrie was just like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, very much. Uh, and that's pretty much how it began is I, uh, I went to Haiti and uh, the earthquake had happened right before we yeah, in flew in in 2010. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were not the, the first in, but we were, we were later on a little after that. And there was just still a lot of chaos in Haiti. And um, I saw a lot of that chaos and uh, basically God just wrecked me um, and uh, started reevaluating life and what were we doing. And, and uh, so then after that, Carrie... Uh, came with me on another trip uh, right after that. And then the kids came down after that and stayed a month uh, in Haiti. And I was this whole time, I uh, wasn't on uh, with actual mission teams. Uh, I would fly down with mission teams, but then me and another Haitian man would just go down these trails together uh, and looking for kids. And they had all been displaced because of the earthquake. Mm -hmm. And so that's... Uh, and it just really gave me a, just a very different perspective of missions. And I really got to know the people. And uh, so when the kids came, uh, you know, yeah, we could just realize that they had no Bibles. That was one of the things that we were just understanding that, uh, yeah, there's been all of these missions to Haiti, but nowhere did we find anyone that had any Bibles. And uh, so we yeah, started it's the asking. number one thing we were asked for as we were walking the trails and taking sponsorship photos for children we would be asked for Bibles and above everything else. Um, so we're like, well, sure, we'll get Bibles. <laughs> we had no idea where to find them or, yeah. or anything. But yeah, so that's kind of what sparked the mission Bible. Our, we started a mission Bibles for Haiti and really never thought that we would be the ones in Haiti. Um, but we found it was very difficult to get Bibles and transport them and get them into the country. Um, and so somebody asked us, well, what's preventing you from doing that? And Basically, we said, uh, well, we have this studio that we need to pay for and we can't just leave. And so we talked and prayed about selling the studio, which we had built and designed for our purposes and that would be there forever. Um, our realtor said, you'll never sell it. It's designed for you. You have your house built onto it. And honestly, we had it sold within, I don't know, six weeks. Um, and we were in Haiti at the end of, or fall of 2011. So. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's what brought us to Haiti, I guess. Um, so that was our work in Haiti was uh, we worked with pastors and just local churches uh, and getting Bibles to their people. And, uh, you know, one of the first things, uh, <clears throat> you know, you get arrows, there's always arrows from without, but uh, from the outside. But then when it's from within, it hurts always more. And we had a mission missionary that was down there uh, asked me what I was doing there. And I said to bring Bibles and he Mm -hmm. I just clearly remember him asking me if I was an idiot. And uh, he said, they can't read. 
<clears throat> you know, he said, they can't read. Why would you, why would you bring Bibles? They're illiterate. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. And, uh, yeah, he was a, a very nice man, actually. <laughs> so, that's not <laughs> and, uh, but what he didn't know is the missionary that was there before me for 12, 15 years, um, she had very, had felt called by God to go down and uh, start schools mm -hmm. and start teaching kids how to read and write. And um, so there was the entire Southern Peninsula there uh, is very literate. Uh, and so uh, it's not at all a, an illiteracy problem. And uh, so God used that. And that was a, it was a great blessing to just see how he uses the hands and feet. And it's not just, you know, there's the hand doesn't know what the nose is doing. It doesn't know what the ear is doing either. But together, God works and knits us together to do great things that we couldn't possibly understand on our own. Well, that is super cool to hear how you guys got involved there. Uh, how long did you guys end up uh, staying down in Haiti? I'm curious. About four and a half years we were in Haiti. And we did come back in the summer months because we were mostly self-funded. Uh, and so we had weddings booked and uh, photo shoots and things like that. And so we worked very, very hard uh, from like January through August or whenever our last wedding that we had booked. Uh, and then we'd come back to Haiti with whatever we had made for that year. And we would pray it was enough. And it always was. Um, so, yeah. And we were thankful that we did build the studio uh, because the little bit of capital we had gained um, did fund like our first year in Haiti. And so God just provided in crazy, amazing ways um, for us to be down there for that is super cool. So I guess the thing that I'm wondering with that is that um, especially when you're down there uh, for an extended period of time like you guys were, how did your perspectives change when you came back to the States from being down there in Haiti? What uh, what, what, what would have been your oh, mindset dear. change? <laughs> that's, a, <clears throat> that's, that a, a, that's a that's a bomb, actually. <laughs> that's a can so, of work. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's why yeah, we're not podcast. Let's go. Our, our perspective, um, pretty much on everything, changed. So it really, mm -hmm. we talked about that. Um, you know, it really if, affected the course of not just our lives, but of our kids' lives, and I think even of their of their future, of our future grandchildren's lives. Um, it's just changed so much of the way that we viewed even Christianity, um, the way that we viewed the Western Church. The way that we view uh, rich versus poor um, is just entirely fundamentally different when you're in a country. You know, the, mm, <laughs> there are so many lessons, I guess, that we learned uh, being immersed in the culture and knowing the people. Um, the, the happiest, most joyful people that I've ever met were the people who had the least. Um, but they were literally full of joy because of the Lord. And, uh, you know, I, some of the best worship that I've ever had in my life was in a hut and there was no instruments, there was no microphones, there was no screen, uh, there was no lighting. There were only hands for people to use to clap together mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit was there. Um, and so, I mean, it just turned, it basically flipped everything inside out and upside down for us. Um, you know, it was, it was hard for us coming back, uh, hearing churches that were having, uh, <clears throat> you know, wanting to have mission funds for uh, rovers and, and uh, like. Or coming back in a, a church is, you know, they're having a big rally to pave their parking lot. 
and it's only going to be $50,000, you know, and you're just, wow. When you've come from living in that kind of culture, you're just thinking, what? What, what do we really need that? Yeah, and you know, <laughs> you when know you're praying fervently for somebody to um, just for the the funds to be able to have some medical operation or refund their home because the hurricane just destroyed it, and they literally there is no insurance, there is no backup. You know, they're literally just having flooding, torrential rains pour into their home, or um, you know, their light, um, their light is kerosene lanterns in their home, and all around the um, concrete walls or, or thatch, whatever their walls are, they're, it's just soot, you know, and little kids have soot in their nostrils. And I mean, it's just, you just have a very different view of um, everything. And I think even uh, academically or you know, studying theology, I think we elevate that a lot in the Western church and it's all good. I think that's great um, to just study God's word. And, um, but some of the strongest Christians we met knew very little, maybe academic theology, but their faith was so amazing. And they had the fruit of the spirit pouring out in their lives, um, into their communities and definitely into us. Like I felt like we were the recipient, um, far more than any giver of anything in Haiti, I guess. Mm. So mm -hmm. it, everything, our whole perspective on life changed dramatically as we went to Haiti. And even the, you know, the, our faith, you know, you start to really question like, okay, so how much of what I knew was just really prosperity uh, driven? You know, I mean, how many would people back home in the States be able to go through what these people just went through, you know, lose everything in a hurricane, get up the next morning and say, well, God knows everything. We love the Lord. Or would they just be yeah, wrecked? And, mm -hmm. you know, if, if uh, there was the same kind of persecution that they had, would they be able to... Uh, have that same kind of fortitude and it really started making us uh, we really began to just question our our own faith and the our own uh the yeah, depth of our own faith our foundation and, and <laughs> yeah what's our foundation i would this? say even evil um you know we have that we talk about evil um but i think in a country in a lot of countries um not in the western world or you know they just don't see evil the same as um certainly they do in haiti i mean voodoo is um, a religion in Haiti that is a, very common and um, yeah and it's everything changed so that's probably a very long answer yeah it is I'm question. sorry we could go on and on <laughs> about that I'm sorry mm -hmm. well no no, yeah. no need to apologize I uh, we've we've had a couple of different missionaries on the show and uh, I love hearing the answers to questions like that and just getting different a, a totally different perspective that is outside of your comfort zone and what you know can just be so incredibly valuable so I, I really do appreciate think it, um, this is really interesting it's something that we didn't expect um people like our family were thinking, well, how it's going to be so difficult to live in Haiti and all of that, which we, we knew we were going into before we moved there because we had been there three times. Um, but moving back after living in Haiti was by far a, a harder transition than mm -hmm. ever moving to Haiti. Um, but yeah, so moving back was, it took us, we're still recuperating <laughs> and yeah. it's been six years. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it definitely took us um, a few years to get our feet under us. So unexpected, but yeah. And, you know, a, a big thing too is the hunger for Christ was uh, was just mm -hmm. so different. Uh, you know, we were asked to go to a university there and just share Christ. And we, <clears throat> nobody's ever asked us to 
uh, go to a college university here and just share Christ, you know, and it's just like, but they did, they said, can you come and just share Jesus? And we said, sure we can. And we went and literally the, uh, they stopped their classes. The, the, the rooms were packed. Yeah. Like I mean, standing room only. Out. And we got to give the gospel in a university. And then we were singing songs together. Like we were singing amazing grace and the, and the history behind the song of amazing grace in Haiti. You know, if you just think about that alone and, and, um, and just thinking, what do we really understand of freedom? Because I don't have the same freedom to go and do this in America. There would be so many, uh, you know, so many, uh, flags, so many, uh, uh, gates so to go through awesome. to go and, and share the gospel and, and worship Christ in the same way that I just did in this school. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that, little things like that, that just, you spend the rest of your life wrestling with like, how do I, how do I marry that back with this culture that I live in now? Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the things we did when we came back um, to America, we had a really hard time because when we came back uh, from America, the, you know, we had been having church in a hut, you know, and that's how we, we got used to having church that way. So when we came back, it was just really hard for us mm-hmm. to find a church again, to just, um, to not be distracted by lights and um, the the, uh, the the production of church again was really hard, um, and so we wanted we got really excited. Hey, you know, we spent all this time in Haiti. Uh, you wouldn't go in your house in Haiti until the sun went down because it was too hot to be in your home. So you stayed outside with the community, and there was community happening because you were outside. And you know, then we come back to America and. People come home from work, the garage doors comes up, people drive in, the garage door comes down and that's it. You know, there's no, like I live next to 10,000 people, but I, I, I may, I might know 10 on my street here, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, it's so different. So we, uh, when we came back to America, one of the first things that we wanted to do was start a home church. And, uh, we just thought, well, Hey, we'll just, what if we had a church on every street instead of a big building? that needs all this funding and all, you know, parking lots. And, you know, yeah. what if we just had a church on every street and it was in everyone's home? What if we did that? You know, and we thought, well, we'll just make people, you know, some cookies and we'll go down the street here and just tell people, Hey, we're going to start having church at our house every Sunday. <laughs> and that was so poorly received. <laughs> I mean, it yeah, was like, like, who are these people? <laughs> yeah, they were looking at us like, like I'm looking at my wife, like it's like we're drug dealers or something. And like, my kids are giving you cookies. It's not like I'm trying to sell you crack cocaine. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying we're going to have church on the corner in our house and you're welcome to come. And people would be like, you're crazy. And just kind of Mm -hmm. marrying that again when you come back. I mean, this is my culture. These are my people. Um, It's it's been hard for us ever since to deal with that. I mean, we're still um, trying to figure figure that out, I guess. So. Oh, uh, yeah, I think we, that perspective is just so, so invaluable. And, uh, you know, we, I think, um, shifting to present day, we have really appreciated here in the Unbound community, having you guys offering some fresh perspectives, uh, as well. And so wanted to get a little bit of the background on how you guys ended up, uh, learning about Unbound and becoming involved with the Unbound and the Unbound community. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that would probably be, uh, that's a great story because, uh, our daughter, uh, graduated in, 
I don't even know what years. I'm 20, 21. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what year she graduated. Uh, well, she was not college bound. Um, she didn't really know what she wanted to do with her life. Um, and so she, we, we did some, we did a classical ed conference in Dallas and that was really fun. And then she realized like, oh, if I'm going to be in education, uh, I'm going to need a degree. I should be formally educated. So we started talking about that and our pastor did college plus several years ago and we were, we were talking to him. He was trying to remember when he graduated. I think, Oh, nine. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Um, and he, anyway, he said, check it out. And he introduced us to some people that had maybe more recently gone through, um, college plus, I don't know if it was unbound yet or not, but, um, yeah, we called and got online and, and of course peruse everything. I am a, kind of a research nut. And so I read literally probably every word on the website. Um, Abby, our daughter, made the phone call and had a delightful conversation um, with staff there. And yeah, I mean, honestly, and she had talked to some other people and she's like, no, no, this is not what I want to do. I'm not going to spend all this money and all this time to go down that road. And um, yeah, she spoke with people in Unbound and she's like, this is, this is good. I want to fast track my education. And she didn't really know what she was getting into either. Um, she just knew she could do it from home. She could still work and she could get educated and, you know, have a, a path. So that's how we got introed into Unbound, but it wasn't until 2021 Apex when she went and she text. I remember she texted me like the very first day and said, um, I have found my people. I love it. This is great. And I'm like, you haven't even started. She's like, oh, I know, but this is it. <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, okay. So yeah, uh, she had a great time at Apex. It was phenomenal. The speakers were phenomenal. She made some great friends and she had just never experienced a community that was so intentional um, in in what they were doing in higher education. And, and so, um, yeah, I think. And yeah, that was one of the big things to us is when, you know, she came back and was like, these are my people. This is my tribe. And we're like, yeah, okay, honey, that's great. You know, <laughs> um, but then she had like a notebook just filled with everything. And she was like, you're going to sit yeah. and I want to, I want to tell you everything Every that happened. <laughs> and we just saw that she was really just lit, lit up, up. Yeah. Lit up lit over up. that. And uh, she hadn't had that uh, before. Mm -hmm. In fact, you know, she had had a, a hard time with community too, coming back from Haiti. Um, youth groups, she would try to plug into youth groups and, you know, I, nothing against, you know, I don't want to sound harsh towards Western uh, culture, but it's just the youth groups were just, it was so shallow, you know, like five miles wide and half inch deep. And she wanted to just really dive in and, and she had a hard time finding real community, people that really wanted to get uh, to invest in one another uh, in, in her relationships. And so when she came back from Unbound and she had that, mm -hmm. um, that fire yeah. in her. Well, and she told um, us, she's like, you guys have got to get involved. Yeah. And because, you know, being in a homeschool community, I was very involved in her high school years, obviously, and, yeah. and everything and in community. And um, yeah, she's like, you'd love it. You got to get involved. And she's totally right on. She knows me well. So yeah, and I do. I love it. <laughs> 
Hey everyone, David here with a brief break in the conversation. Just wanted to make sure to let you guys know about a new program that is open for enrollment with Unbound. A lot of you are probably already familiar with Unbound's Ascend program, which is our higher education alternative that uses project-based education to prepare young adults for the real world, all while earning college credit. Well, if you are interested in an option that maybe isn't quite the full year just yet, but if you want something that is just over the spring semester, well, we have the perfect product for you. We have Ascend Semester, which is open for enrollment right now. It is a 16-week program that starts in January that gives a lot of the same amazing benefits as the full Ascend program. You get to join an Ascend team. You get to work on a project. You get to come to our really, really fun base camp event, which is held down in Florida in January and a ton more amazing stuff that is all packed into this program. So if you would like to learn more about it, visit beunbound.us slash semester. Link is in the show notes down below as well. And make sure to check it out. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, no, I, I love that perspective. We are extremely blessed as a community, as a team that you guys have come on and, uh, helped us with, again, getting perspective, whether it's serving at Apex or even just helping with the marketing team, talking to parents. Uh, I want to shift gears a little bit where um, it's been a joy learning from both of you. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Elliott are some of the most versatile, like talented people I know. Um, if that wasn't clear in the intro, uh, you guys, uh, they are amazing photographers um, and have just a huge range of skills from uh just yeah building like amazing desks i found out the other day apparently mr let you uh dye hair and do like hair stuff <laughs> <laughs> so he does <laughs> my question is what are some of the things what are some of the the keys to picking up almost any skill that you've learned whether on the mission field back here in the states through photography all these things well, for me, um, I'll just speak for me. I think that with anything, you've got to be willing to grow and you've got to be willing to adapt. Um, it's, you know, in the homeschool community, you even see when someone gets their own hunger for education, when they get their own appetite for education, you basically just have to let go and stand back and they'll charge in all, all on their own. You don't have to push and prod. You have to have that same attitude uh, as you approach anything in life and especially in our industry and with photography, videography, it's constantly changing. If you don't change, you know, I always, mm -hmm. I always tell Carrie, you don't change, you'll, you just, you're going to die. You know, it's just, you either, you either are going to grow and adapt mm -hmm. or you're going to be left behind and you've got to be willing to, um, just go. It doesn't, it's not like you've got to learn it all in one day. You learn, you learn one new thing a day. You know, you keep doing that every day. And before you know it, you know, a month has passed and you've got just this whole vast amount of knowledge that you never had before. Uh, and I just think that that's how you've got to look at everything. You've got to be willing to uh, know where you put your trust. Um, you've got to realize, you know, there's that great verse that I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And you you have to remember that when you go approach anything in life, not just um, not just on a spiritual level where you're, you know, well, uh, how do I learn forgiveness, Lord? I can do all things. It can be something as simple as 
you know, how do I learn this new camera? Well, I can do all things <laughs> who gives me strength. Lord, can you help me learn this new camera? Can you give me the attitude, yeah. the fortitude, <clears throat> the, the desire? Because even if you don't have the desire, you can pray for the desire and you can have it. And uh, I think that's just, that's what I've done in life. There's an, a poem I wrote a long time ago, and there's very few people that have really appreciated it. I've always appreciated appreciate it. it. But it That's says, good. death to the can of any one man who says that he cannot, and death to the not of any cannot, when so says a man that he can. And to me, when you look at that, if you if you think <laughs> you about that. If you see it visually, it makes more sense too. You have to see it visually. <laughs> but basically, when you, crucify, when you crucify that can't mm. in your life, mm-hmm. yes. when you quit mm. looking at everything and say, I can't, I can't, I can't. Because if you say that in life, you never will. You'll never have the desire. You'll never have the, the, the gumption inside of you to pursue new things that seem out of reach. But if you look at everything and instead say, yes, I can. I can do that. I can try that. I will try that. It's the same as when you say, I will yet praise you, Lord. Sometimes you have to tell yourself, I will yet do this. I'm, I'm going to learn this. Mm-hmm. And, and when you have that attitude in life, I think you can be unstoppable. So I'm done now. No, that's good. That's good. I, I know my answer is probably more practical and it's probably very cliche. Um, I get this little flash from her like, you are going way too long on this. And it's just, it happens like this and it's over. <laughs> this is how we communicate during photo shoots, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so we definitely know what we're saying. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I just, and this is probably very cliche, but you learn, I mean, we learned pretty much everything that we know from, you know, doing and teaching. And, um, and often when I've done a lot of teaching and often know very little about what I'm teaching about, but in that prep work and in lots of prayer and all of that, I learn so much myself, um, as I'm teaching. And so, yeah, as a homeschool mom and as uh, somebody who was a director in classical conversations and, directed some plays and, and learning photography from him. Um, yeah, I don't know. You'd learn by doing and teaching and that's, that's, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of the brass tacks of how to learn new stuff. <laughs> so, and give yourself patience. Like we're 47, we've learned a lot, but we're older than these youngsters and not old, older. <laughs> <laughs> we're older. No. So yeah, be patient and keep, yeah, yeah. The, the, that is all great advice. And uh, it sounds like uh, it very much mirrors a lot of, uh, of what we talk about with, uh, with unbounded learning by doing and learning from failure. So yeah, I uh, love hearing that from you guys as well. Uh, one thing that I was curious about is that, uh, you know, we just got a little bit of a picture of the two of you working together in photo shoots. And so the two of you have a background in working in photography and videography together. Uh, give us a little bit of the background of like how the two of you got into that together and uh, some of the things that you've learned along the way. Go for it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, just quick note, when Dan bought his first digital camera, um, maybe 20 years ago, More than that. Like, mm-hmm. how, I don't know. anyway, I was, I, I literally told him what in the world are you going to do with that? You need to take it back. Um, and, and eventually he did cause he was not satisfied with digital, <laughs> the digital camera 20 some years yeah. ago. Um, but had no idea where this was going to go, but he's always had a passion for photography. Um, I did not, I've learned the passion 
through him and seeing what he does um, with all of that. And so our business grew. Basically, it's been such a blessing for us because um, we were both in the corporate world and we really just wanted to raise our kids uh, differently because we were gone all the time. I mean, 70 plus hours a week. It was crazy, crazy, crazy. And uh, yeah, so we made some decisions early on when we started having kids that I left my job first and literally within 11 months, he left his job and we were completely self-employed. Now, we did think that we were not going to make our mortgage most months, yet we always did. So those of you considering like big high risk financial things um, about venturing out on your own. Yep, we did it, and uh, it never so made thankful. Sense on it paper. never, yeah. I'm the the I'm crunching all the numbers and cut all my spreadsheets, and literally we're in the hole every single time. And then somebody would they booked us a wedding, and they just sent us a check and wanted to pay for everything in full, even though their wedding yeah. is nine months down the road. And we're like, what? But we were so fervently praying, and we saw our faith just grew like crazy, and. God supplied and provided for us in numerous ways. And I was a new Christian. So this was just like mind blowing to me that we were praying and God is hearing and answering. So yeah, that's, um, anyway, fast forward a lot of years. We, um, as far as we working together, Hmm. um, you know, Dan's like the main shooter. I do shoot. He's taught me a lot. He does, but I, um, yeah, we love working together. We have two very different perspectives of when we shoot and, um, yeah, he's got, he's big picture, uh, landscape light and I'm composition detail. And so I think having a, a man and a woman's perspective and bringing it together in photography is, is really beautiful. Um, especially when you photograph weddings and and families. And I guess it all just kind of goes together, but we love it. It's, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) We love it. And it's been a blessing for our family. We knew early on, um, you know, we, when our kids were very little, Mm -hmm. uh, we just, you know, we, we knew, especially when the photography started, uh, it went from having this corporate job and it was 70 hours a week to then I'm doing photography on top of that. Mm -hmm. And, we were getting, uh, yeah, we never saw him actually. And Logan doesn't remember this, our son who's now 23, but he was not around. It was, it was over 90 hour work weeks and it was, um, the kids were constantly, constantly at that point in daycare. And, uh, we just really stopped and said, look, this isn't how we want to do life. We don't want to have our, someone else raise our children. Mm -hmm. Um, we want to, we want to do this differently. So we want to be around for our kids. We, we love working together. We knew that already. Um, that we really enjoy working together. So we just said, how do we do this where we can be together? And that's when, you know, when Carrie came home, um, she started to realize, we realized how many phone calls we were missing, mm-hmm. uh, which was a lot more. And we were already really busy this with is, photography. Yeah, this was before all of the technology that we have. Today, yeah, we were just, so. you know, people just weren't leaving messages. They just yeah. would hang up. And uh, so she was home mm-hmm. and uh, yep. got those calls and and uh, we were able to come home and and really start fleshing that out. Like, what's this look like? We're, we we want to be here with our kids now while we're young, while they're young and raise them differently than these parents that are totally checked out and gone and working all these hours and someone else is raising their kids and someone else is teaching their kids. Uh, and then we retire and our kids are gone and we really don't know them and they don't really know us. Mm-hmm. And then our health just tanks and well, there we go. That was yeah. life. And we didn't want to do that. We just wanted to do it opposite. So we've basically kind of done it backwards 
Mm-hmm. We'll probably be working at Walmart. Yep, until you know? we're 90. Because <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably be the greeters at Walmart, like just trying to make enough to get yeah. some, some ramen noodles or something. But I don't know. <laughs> but, but we've definitely, because of because we chose that lifestyle, yeah. uh, we got to yeah. experience Haiti together too. as mm-hmm. a family. Um, and that basically, I think, has been the, the greatest course change in our entire lives mm-hmm. and theirs. Um, living together in Haiti and going through that experience. And so I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm, we're so blessed and so grateful to be able to have done that and had that decision. Mm-hmm. So I'll take it. I'll work at Walmart. I'll, I'll say yeah. hello to people, all these young kids that have no idea who that old man is. And, yeah. Uh, do that. <laughs> I'll be that guy. Good. Whatever. We'll have a blast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's, that's super cool. And, uh, I, I just, uh, I really just think it's super cool to see just like that the two of you are working so closely together and that the two of you are, like just enjoy working together so much. And that's not something that, I mean, you'll see it sometimes in family businesses, but, uh, it's not something that you'll see super often, especially in, uh, in businesses kind of like photography. Uh, how have you guys navigated, uh, just like working together as, uh, as a couple and, uh, what are some ways that you've found to to uh, kind of make that as uh, as effective and enjoyable as you can. Prayer. Lots and lots of prayer. Forgiveness. <laughs> lots and lots of forgiveness. Because it's kind of like, you know, when you start homeschooling your kids, like all of your uglies come out and all of their ugly, and you're just confronted with it all. And yeah, especially as a married couple, and we've been asked this hundreds of times, mm. like, how can you possibly work with your husband? Like, I could never do that. You know, and I'm just thinking that's really sad to me. But um, not that it's easy. Honestly, we're so yeah, we different. We are very different. We think very different. Yeah. We desire let alone, different things. Let alone the difference in just a man and a woman. But yeah. we're also very culturally different. I grew up in Wyoming. Uh, she grew up what I would call a city girl. You would not, Abraham. <laughs> no, not. But I would call where, I mean, she grew up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. She was a city as city could get to me. Um, and we just have very different perspectives on everything. So Yeah, especially um, since you taught me how to shoot. Like yeah. when I see something and he's not doing what I see, I'm like, what are you doing? Let's do this. He's like, no, not yet. Or not I yet. see her shooting and she's moving as, as she's shooting and I'm going. Oh, that's not going to be in focus. No. <laughs> no. You know, but, so there, actually before we go into any shoot, we, we uh, pray with yeah. one another. And that's every shoot that we've ever done. Yeah. Uh, we make sure we stop and pray before we before we go into it. So, yeah. um, and that's really important. It centers us because Carrie knows me. Uh, I get a lot of anxiety before a shoot. I go through the roof Still, with anxiety yeah. even today. Mm-hmm. And all these years later, it's yeah. like. It's going to be okay. I know that, but I still going into it. You want it so bad for the people that you're shooting. You wanted it to be mm-hmm. so good for them that, that your anxiety goes through the roof. And she's always the one that's like bringing me back to center. Let's pray. Let's, let's, uh, you know, remember who is first and why we're doing this and give God the glory yeah, and, and represent just- him well. You know, that kind of, and that yeah. always refocuses us. Uh, and that's, I think, how we've. Well, I think our, our goal is we just want to be a blessing um, to the, whoever we're photographing and mm-hmm. we want to glorify God in whatever we're doing. And if that ends up with not being the most fantastic pictures ever, then so be it if those other things are satisfied. Mm-hmm. And so I think that helps calm anxiety where it's, it becomes not all about the perfect photo or, or video or whatever we're doing. But yeah, yeah, that helps. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and you, you know, we balance each other out. When I'm freaking out, then he's like, okay, everything's going to be okay. Cause I will, I'm like, ah, my camera is not working. <laughs> the other great thing about that too is so, you know, you're working with your spouse. Yeah. They know you like nobody else on the planet knows you, right? So like we were at a wedding uh, yeah. last January and I broke my camera. I, I oh, my yeah, camera was bad. on a fail safe, you know, uh, rig, rig yeah. and was, you know, the kind that's never ever supposed to come off and it came off and fell right on the brick and busted my transmitter, busted my camera, busted my lens. And we're doing photo and video. We're doing photo and video that day. And I could just, I gave her a look and she knew immediately like in that flash, like there's something majorly wrong. I had no idea how bad it was. And (laughs) so so I just went over and started working with our couple. She just started working directly with our bride and groom while I'm trying to scramble like, okay, I'm the kind of guy that will bring four cameras to every wedding. I bring the backup and the backup and the backup of that just in case. Praise God. And on that day, we were using literally every backup that I had. Yeah, we've never done that before. <laughs> and uh, our, our, our bride and groom never knew it. Never knew anything. Um, yeah. They, uh, we had a wonderful day with them. We captured their day beautifully. They got great photo, great video. They still recommend us to people. And, um, no, and we praise God for that because we're like, okay, that was totally covered in prayer. Yeah, that was that was like, Lord, what am I gonna yeah, do? You know, and and uh, that's one thing you can I can't imagine doing that with, uh, you know, working with someone else that isn't my wife in that moment <laughs> because I don't think anyone else would understand, you know, what I'm going through at that point uh, or be able to to make it so seamless for the yeah, client, you know, I so know. that they could still and just enjoy their day. Hundred percent. Well, hopefully that couple is not listening to this podcast. The only time I ever say that <laughs> they are a sweet couple, they, they would understand. They would. They would. Yes. Um, <laughs> but with that, one of the just I, I love meeting unbound parents as um, so often. You know, I getting to know other unbounders. It's like there's such a as you mentioned before. There's this, uh, a certain community and camaraderie with how we look at the world, how we want to serve the Lord. And more often than not, that means there is a very unbound set of parents behind them, um, <laughs> allowing them to yeah. grow and have that perspective. So we're extremely grateful for that. Um, that being said, uh, we're blessed to have both of you helping out the marketing team, talking to parents and uh, talking with just new students and new families. What are some of the... Um, perspectives that you wish parents had as they explore Unbound, you know, for you guys being part of the community a little bit more now, um, what would you want people to understand? One of the things that I wish uh, the parents could see is all the parents. I know that sounds really weird, Mm -hmm. but just in the calls that Carrie and I have been on, we've had so many blessed phone calls with these parents that are just even interested in Unbound. And every time we get off with them, I have not had one conversation with any of these parents where I got off thinking, oh, they didn't appreciate that or that wasn't any fun or, you know, mm-hmm. every single one of them, I get off thinking, I think I just spoke to the remnant. Like, I think I just spoke to like God's people that he's raising up for this next generation to fight the fight, you know. And it's like every single time I talk to these parents, that's what mm-hmm. we come away with. And you can hear it in their voice. You can hear it in their yeah. in their kids. I wish that they could hear the other parents just asking these questions. Um, You know, obviously the other thing to me is I wish they could experience what we experienced at Apex. Um, Mm -hmm. I, uh, when we got to visit and see, I know it sounds snobby and I'm sorry. I thought my daughter was (laughs) the only girl like her 
on the planet. <laughs> I didn't think there was it's another girl like Abby. <laughs> and I know dads say that all the time. Well, with me, it was true. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And then I went to Apex, you know, and all this time, Abby's been, you know, you just got to meet these people. You, you won't understand until you meet them. And I'm like, mm -hmm. sure, honey. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. she just doesn't understand. There's nobody like her. She doesn't understand. <laughs> you know, when she's sad, it rains. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you can obviously tell she's daddy's little girl <laughs> and she's but the then, baby. <laughs> but then my point is, Getting to go to Apex and suddenly you realize like, oh, there's like, there's like 20 other girls yeah. that are just as sweet and, mm -hmm. and beautiful and loving as my daughter and love the Lord as much as my daughter and want to serve him and yeah. make and share him. And, uh, just getting to see the caliber of the kids that we got to meet there. Um, and it was just really beautiful to see that and encouraging, hopeful, especially, I mean, you know, we came from, We've had a lot of wrestles, a lot of wrestles coming back from the missions world. And, you know, a lot of, I think missions is very broken uh, in a lot of ways, but in, uh, it's, it's, you know, that's another podcast, it's another podcast but, <laughs> <laughs> but seeing, seeing these kids, uh, it really gives you a lot of hope for uh, where God yeah. is taking us and what he has in store for us. And I think Unbound is going to be a big part of that. So, yeah. Well, and I used to be somewhat apprehensive of higher education. I think, um, you know, coming from a homeschool community and especially being very active in that, in a teaching capacity, um, I talk with lots of families, um, new families coming into homeschooling and other families that are getting ready to launch their kids. And, and you're just like, what's next? You know, and we just spent 18 years raising up these kids and praying over our kids um, their lives. And, and now we're, it's like, you're tossing them out to the wolves and you don't know what that looks like. And you just pray more over them. And we had, our son went to uh, state school. Um, and that was a, a fine experience. You know, I'm not going to, uh, you know, talk negatively about state schools or anything like that. It, I went to the same college. So like we have, I, I knew what he was going to get there. Um, I did not realize um, what else there was, I guess. And uh, I did not know there was an alternative to higher education. And I, that's what I would want to tell other parents is that there is an alternative to a regular state school or a private school that looks and feels very different than what they might have experienced in college. And I guess when I think of Unbound, um, and obviously with anything, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. But if you have a student going into Unbound that just has good, rich soil, you know, they they want, even if they, they have no idea what they want to do with their life, but which most kids have no idea what they want to do with their life. Um, but they have a desire to listen, to learn, to grow, to meet people, to try new things, to fail, all that stuff. Um, Unbound is such a powerful community for that kind of soil. And cause it'll bring, it'll bring the, the water and the sunshine and God is going to do amazing things and make that young student grow, um, uh, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, and bring around, bring them around a solid community to do all that in. I mean, so it's really, yeah, rich. it's something that, you know, we believe so much in it. We're trying to get our son to, to yeah. possibly reconsider, um, just doing something with, uh, yeah. With Unbound, because I just know he would flourish there. And, and honestly, it's because of the community. That's probably the number one thing that parents uh, wish they could that they could feel and understand. And, you know, we saw that because we were there at Apex. 
And we saw it because when Abby did her, uh, her project, just the way that her team came around in the community to support her and encourage her and, uh, do her, uh, uh, even pray with her as she was going through the hard parts of her, uh, her community project. Um, but when we, I just wish parents could see that because that's the, the community part is the, was like the key piece that we learned as missionaries in Haiti. Community yeah. is everything. We've lost that in America. We've really lost community. I don't know my neighbors as well as I would love to know my neighbors. I don't think they want to know me that well. You know, that's part of that's part of America. Maybe because you knocked on their door and tried to give them cookies. I know. <laughs> it might be. It might be. <laughs> but community is so valuable. And I think if we could just learn that again, again as a culture, I wish the parents could see that because I've seen the way Abby has had that community. And I know how much my son would would uh, flourish in that community. And all these other and, students, we just know, yeah, when you're given good community. And it's really, you know, it, it really focuses around Christ. It's, you know, when you hold one another in the highest regard. That's a verse that our family camped on a long time ago, uh, just for, you know. For like three years. Three years. Yeah. Yeah, long time. It's like, if we could just learn this, <laughs> yeah. nothing else will be okay, you know, but hold them in the highest regard. Um, it, and that's what I see that, uh, that, uh, unbound does very well in community. Yeah. It's, it's just, they, yeah. Despite differences. I mean, all kinds of differences. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's every, it's every walk, it's every race, it's every culture. I mean, we're they're from everywhere, right? It's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's completely, I was telling to Carrie the other night, it's like, uh, you know, you think of a, you think of a, a beautiful flower and it thinks it's the only beautiful flower that there is. It's all alone. Woe is me. Right. And, but it doesn't realize that the seeds that have been scattering from it all this time over all this season, and there's all these different patches of beautiful flowers everywhere because of this flower, and it just doesn't know it, you know, and that's like when I look at Unbound, that's what I see. I see these people from all over the country, very diverse. I mean, we talk to people in Arizona, we talk to people in Texas, we talk to people in California, California on the East Coast, yeah. and it's like, and here's God's seed, and he's just going... Right. And it's just boom, all over the country, all over the world. And it's going to be for his glory, holding one another in the highest. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to witness. And it affects the parents too. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy cool. I think, I mean, I don't know how many college experiences where the parents are receiving blessing and joy and goodness and, you know, um, encouragement and yeah. So it's just, it just, scatters so it's good yeah <laughs> well hopefully people. i don't know if that's <laughs> you it you can't take my poo. the poo is mine that's my <laughs> well i think that there is a very very real possibility that there are some uh potential future about parents who are listening to this episode and oh, i would I highly so. encourage you yeah. if that is the case uh first of all if you would like to talk to mr and mrs elliot then you should book an admissions appointment and we can yes. set that up because we would absolutely, absolutely love to set that up and as you have heard over the course of this conversation they are an absolute pleasure to talk with so uh thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode before we wrap up uh in addition to plugging the fact that uh unbound parents can have calls with you i wanted to just give you guys the opportunity to uh shout outs uh where people can like look at your um photography work and your website Ah. if they'd like to check that out okay yeah it's uh just dan elliott photography.com so it's uh d-a-n-e-l-l-i-o-t-t photography.com mm-hmm. um, that's just that's where I have everything so yeah 
yeah, you're welcome to get on and we do go all over the country. If you want us to go somewhere and photograph, we just got to pay the mileage because we don't, we can't, we can't <laughs> get there on our own. Sorry. It will be worth it. <laughs> Mr. Elliot is an extremely amazing photographer. And Thank I'm saying this much. on record on the podcast as someone learning videography. Just like, man. <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you. Well, we've so seen much. some of your work too, Abe. So, That's right. Yeah, I don't know. And you're thank only, you. yeah, you're way younger than us. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got to jump start. I'm aspiring. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he was not where you are at that age. So, yeah, mm. take heart. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on. Um, do check out Mr. Elliot's website as well as uh, Mr. And Mrs. Elliot's work, video, and photography, all that. Um, we're very glad that you're on. Please do also check out the links below if you want to talk to them. Open invitation. Do it, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Smith Elliot, thank you for being on. Thank you so much. And yeah, we'll see you around. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah, thanks. Well, guys, to so you, the listeners, thank you so much for listening. I hope you got a little bit of a glimpse into uh, the extended unbound community the unbound family once again of uh, parents who are helping alongside their students just as they continue with the ascend program i'm going to flash some pictures right here right now if you're listening to this go check out the youtube channel where we have the videos for these episodes where our producer michael shout out to michael is showing some shots from apex by mr elliot these are amazing pictures uh, i highly recommend that you Check out Mr. Elliott's website down below and let us know what you think. And if you are a prospective parent of an Ascend student and you would like the opportunity to talk with Mr. and Mrs. Elliott, you can actually schedule an appointment to talk with them about what Ascend looks like from a parent's perspective. So we will have a link down below to where you can schedule a call with them and talk about Ascend. They would love to have a conversation with you. So thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Next week, we are going to be wrapping up the season of talks for this season. We are getting very close to the end of season five. We only have three episodes left after this, but they are all very much uh, worth looking forward to. So make sure to join us next week for a conversation with Jonathan, Jace, and Victoria. Thank you all, as always, for joining us for the Be Unbound podcast. As always... Be Unbound.